23, this is the IPS Morning D program. This is the Masquerade JT33 featuring Symbia. So, for this morning's D program, I really wanted to drive home the point that predictive programming is not a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory to point out the obvious connections between the entertainment media and what happens in the news. And it's not always predictive. At times, it's concurrent. And I got into this conversation on Twitter because Mike Rothschild, who writes conspiracy theorist books, well, he writes about conspiracy theorists, uh, he has derided the whole concept as BS. There's no such thing as predictive programming. So I tweeted at him. I'm saying, well, what do you take about, what do you take um, away from this Palestine, Ohio train derailment happening in the wake of a movie called White Noise, where the same thing happens, and many of the extras from the movie have to be evacuated from the, quote, real event. You know, to me, that's just too coincidental. And then I brought up Donald Trump kicking off his 2024 campaign, what he called the final battle, in Waco, Texas, just as the movie Waco, American Apocalypse, while it was actually a series, was released on Netflix the night before. Again, not coincidences. This is concurrent programming. We had the example I brought up from the Game of Thrones, where the queen is giving birth and has to die giving birth because the patriarchy needs the baby child, and she can't decide not to have it, she can't abort. And this happens just as the Roe v. Wade leak is causing controversy. So these are examples of many, and we talk about this all the time. So yesterday he went out and he said there's no such thing. He said there's no such thing. Well, Mike Rothschild is a fool, or he's being played for a fool. Um, we just talked about the movie Leave the World Behind, and one of the scenes, which seems to be a dig at Elon Musk, M-U-S-Q, spelled with a Q, um, is the Teslas, the automatically, the autopilot Teslas, clogged up the roads caused the, shitty, the cities to shut, uh, shut down. There was like some kind of uh, calamity. Like that movie Mad Max, where the machines take over. Well, in this case, the Tesla roadsters clog up the roads. And it's just like a bunch of Tesla cars. It's pretty obviously a dig at Elon Musk. But here, in the news today, Tesla recalls nearly all vehicles sold in U.S. to fix the system that monitors pilots I'm sorry, drivers using autopilot. So they're fixing their system that monitors people using their autopilot, so they're recalling nearly all Teslas. So this, again, just kind of reiterates the theme here. Or the reports about Chinese hackers infiltrating American cyber infrastructure, which was the main theme of the movie, hackers. So again, what is, what is Mike Rothschild going to say about this? Is this a coincidence? Is this... Because it's not predictive programming, because this came as the movie is being talked about. We have a new term for this, which is concurrent programming, or reinforcement, where they create an echo chamber, an immersive illusion. So you're watching a movie about Teslas being part of the downfall of civilization. Elon Musk, meanwhile, with his ex, is being pointed at as the reason for the downfall of civilization, because where do you think all the radical, extremist, domestic, violent terrorists are going to get their ideas from? Disease X, Twitter. So for this to happen, for Tesla to have a recall on all of the 
vehicles because of the system that monitors autopilot. Yeah, this is more, I guess, just to add to our collection of predictive programming. Um, Tesla's recalling more than 2 million to update software and fix a defective system that's supposed to ensure that drivers are paying attention when using autopilot. Documents posted Wednesday by U.S. safety regulators say the update will increase warnings and alerts to drivers and even limit areas where the basic versions of autopilot can operate. This comes after a two-year investigation by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration into a series of crashes that happened while the autopilot partially automated driving system was in use, sometimes deadly. And that's at the top of the Drudge Report. No coincidences here. All right, we're joined by Frank Murr, Junders, Mango Penguins, Portal Complex. This is the IPS Morning D program. Just want to reiterate that there are no such things as coincidences on the world stage. You know, saying something's a coincidence. Like, oh, these are just coincidences. Okay, well, that's like reading a novel and saying that the resolution is the result of random coincidences based on its connection to what happened in the first chapter and second chapter. Nope, that's foreshadowing. It's literary technique. Uh, Alex Jones has 1.6 million followers. At the time of its ban, his Twitter account had 850,000, but following his event with Elon Musk, he now has 1.6 million followers. I have to point out, Alex Jones was radicalized at Waco when 33-year-old Jesus Christ, a.k.a. Dave Koresh, was incinerated. They thought he was Jesus. So they killed their white nationalist Jesus at his compound where he's hoarding weapons. So the ATF goes in and raids them. They had 1.6 million rounds. And this is what radicalized Alex Jones. Now, 1.6 million rounds, 1.6 million followers... Alex Jones goes on Piers Morgan because the government bought 1.6 billion hollow point rounds, and he says 1776 will come back if they try to take the weapons. Again, you see the pattern here? January 6, 1.6 million. Just more indication that everything is scripted, but this is code. The 1.6 thing is code for January 6th. What are the odds that Jones would be there at Waco, radicalized by Waco, and then would be the face of the insurrection? more or less. And of course, insurrection, the result of rumors, or whatever you want to call it, about the election being compromised, and Dominion was pointed at as one of the culprits, and they sued Fox for $1.6 billion. Okay, moving on here. Mango says, I demand a recount. It's too coincidental. Yeah, I would say they set it at one6 That's kind of what I'm inferring here. All right, moving on. So much to talk about today. Massive EMP or coordinated shutdown of the internet. This is going to be interesting. I've been thinking that this is what's going to happen. They're going to do some kind of a a blackout, just like the movie, but it won't be permanent because they don't want to break the spell. It'll just happen to certain parts of the country, certain websites, but afterward, we're going to have a lockdown on the internet. It'll be the in, it'll be the online equivalent of a pandemic lockdown and quarantine. And we will be quarantining from disease X's mind viruses that caused the shutdown in the first place. In other words, 
the domestic violent extremist white nationalist terrorists who are going to attack the power grid, yeah, they were motivated by Twitter. That's what it's going to come down to. They've already made this case. Like the guy, uh, Robert Card, who shot up the bowling alley. He went into a Twitter bubble, and he came out with an, with a itchy trigger figure. Or like that one who went on Reddit and shot up the bank. They've made the case that you can catch a mind virus and go shoot people if you're mentally ill or, I guess, radicalized ideologically. But my point here is that once they make the case in the minds of the public, they convince the public that the free flow of information is causing shooters, they will agree we can't have information super spreaders any more than we can have virus super spreaders because healthy virus super spreaders can spread it to a lot of people with compromised immune systems. Therefore, the healthiest of the super spreaders are the deadliest. So too, are the healthiest of the information super spreaders dangerous because the mentally unhealthy with no immune systems, mentally that is, those who have maids, they have the susceptibility to the ideas that the carriers do not. So they're going to make the case that we need to quarantine the internet, mind mask the information super spreaders, vaccinate the internet. That's coming next. But it's going to be the attack that triggers it. Let me play this clip. This is showing you a few things about what's to come. It's just a video, but it has the globe and it's about to go dark. It says COVID-19 has changed the world. Companies shifted to mostly online work, but not all of them were ready. And now it has hackers hacking things. This gave rise to a, a wave of cybercrime. So you see how they follow the agendas? They use the lockdowns to bring about awareness about the need to lock down for Gaia. They use the transition to online work to bring about the new threat, the wave of cybercrime. So waves of pandemic, now it's waves of hackers. And then of course, we just had this movie out. Uh, 30,000 coronavirus-related cyber attacks were detected in April of 2020. Cyberspace, mind space, and then of course, our inner space, our circulation, and then low Earth orbit, space junk. So the issues here are mind junk, space junk, and then whatever's circulating in your veins. And all of these three versions of junk need to be remediated by the NWO church and its remedies. They need to purify the internet. They need to get the capitalism out of sp the space program, these rich people who want to mine outer space. And then finally, the ubiquitous lockdown. So here we have cyber attacks and data fraud, the ninth most likely fallout to the world. What threats rapid... Yep, exactly. What threats did this bring about by rapidly digitizing everybody? Well, it made us all vulnerable. Can we avoid digital pandemics? A digital pandemic. Again, mind virus. They have perfectly conflated the literal and the figurative. Continuing, given the scale of global we can count to them only together, this is Putin, by joining before the entire international community. So what are the universal threats that can unify the world? The virus, obviously, 
aliens, obviously, and now this, cyber pandemics. So it's another example, like I said, the three areas of ubiquitous control, outer space, low Earth orbit in particular, but the space alien or asteroids, and then the climate change kind of ties into that, you know, universal threats that we all have to unify to fight. The pandemic, we all unify to fight that, and now we all have to unify for this. It's the spaces. These are the space wars, the mind space wars. It's about worldview control, as I've been saying. NASA's about inner space, but the different ways they represent this commons, the space. Protect millions of people in cyberspace. Anyway, we have to unify. It says it's time for us to decide. Cyber Polygon, July 8th, 2020. So this cyber polygon has all been a build-up for what's coming. And of course, they canceled the 2021 cyber polygon. And on that day, they had a very significant cyber attack, shutdown of the communications uh, in, in Canada on the day when the drill would have happened. Just a drill, just a test. A you know, we say drill, let's just say rehearsal. Dress rehearsal. Okay, let's see here. Is there, an, is there a mouse on the outside of a SpaceX rocket? Mouse gate is still circulating. If you haven't seen it, this is a perception test. Meanwhile, that second stage continuing to power. And, and this is why I say we're the only objectivists. Because if you're completely impartial and objective, and you look at the mouse gate video, and just search mouse gate, it's easy to find. There's a mouse on the outside of this rocket. And the people who say it's not there are just coping. They're just saying, no, that's ice. Video compression artifacts. It's your imagination. It's not there. I'm like, no, it's there. But that's not the point of this. The point of it is, this was the very mission where SpaceX was sending genetically modified mighty, mighty mice, but it was a mighty mouse thing. You know, mighty mouse went to space, flew around in his cape, but they said that they had genetically modified mice to send them to space to make sure that they're, or rather to test the effects of um, zero gravity on muscles. And by sending these modified mice, they would be part of this health experiment. Here's an article about it. The mighty mice that went to space could help protect the muscles and bones of astronauts. So here you have it. Jackson Laboratory in Maine genetically manipulated these mice for muscle growth in an experiment to better understand the effects of zero gravity on the human body. Now again, these mice that went up to space were on the mission where a mouse was spotted on the outside. So how is that not a Mighty Mouse joke? That's a, that's a Mighty Mouse joke. There's no other way to explain it. Or you can say it's not there. And it's just a coincidence that there were actual mice on the rocket. So then, it, to me, it leads me to say, or to ask, well, then who put it there? Who thought this was funny? And there's a, pro a problem with this. Yes, it's well within the realm of possibility that you could use augmented virtual reality artifacts and throw it on there after the fact. But the problem is, this was a live launch. So it raises the question, was this footage live? Well, the rocket went up, and then they cut to this other feed. So it gives away that it's not live. 
that's one of the main issues about Mousegate, and they give it away because they're playing a joke. It's an inside joke. Now, according to the community notes here, the article seen moving around the top of the engine, oh, it's an article, a genetically modified article, is not a mouse, but it's ice that formed as the engine uses cryogenic cooled fuel. This happens with every launch and this has been explained several times. Okay, now here's the thing. There may in fact be, in many of their launches, evidence of cryogenic cooled fuel. However, this is the first time that it ever formed itself into the shape of a mouse and started walking around. Ears, nose, tail, oscillation, moving just like a mouse. So this is the thing that I find to be revealing. They're so subjective, they're so in this immersive illusion that they cannot even articulate what their senses are telling them. That this is miraculous. Imagine just the the improbability of a mouse being formed out of ice at Mach 8 or something in space, on camera, on a mission like this. If this was real, if this was not a joke, if this was just ice that randomly did that, Elon Musk would have tweeted it. He was he would have said, hey, check this out. We were sending mice up into space, and our space ice from our cryogenic cooled fuel formed into a mouse. But the fact that they can't see that as amazing, that they're not blown away by it, just proves that they're insecure and defensive about their crappy cartoons. Okay, moving on. We talked about this a little last night. Trump announced that if you buy all 47 of his Mugshot Edition digital cards, which will cost you about 4700 bucks, you will get an autographed piece of the suit he was wearing when he was arrested. Yep, they're chopping up the suit, signing it. 47. I'm just pointing out, though, that this is all building towards something. And if you note here on the cards... He has a 47 on his temple. And that's not Ric Flair in a MAGA hat. That's Donald Trump. These cards are somewhat flattering. They're definitely an improvement from the last ones. But Donald Trump trading cards are a thing in 2023. Go to collecttrumpcards.com. Alright, we talked about this last night as well. Uh, Yay is going around. Uh, is it? It's not Yadolf anymore. Now it's Klanye, or Klanye, walking around with the black clan hood. Interesting look. Looks like Abu Ghraib. Okay, here's something else. We have. We have so many people in denial about what predictive programming is, concurrent programming. It's it's outside of their frame of reference, which is pretty much the screen. Portal says his new album cover is epic. You know, I've seen some comments about Ye's new album cover, and they think it was influenced by this um, black metal band. I'll see if I can find the clip of it. But it was a, a band that was known for burning churches, and I think they killed somebody in a park or something. His influences, though, are intriguing, that's for sure. I never really got 
too deeply immersed into his his work or his music, but the reason why Ye caught my attention was he started doing all these public rituals that are just too well integrated into the zeitgeist to be anything, you know, but a part of it. And a lot of people have this fantasy that there are rogues, that there are white hats, that like Trump is just a businessman and he's just fighting the power. Some people actually fall for this stuff and they think, oh look, Ye is speaking truth to power because they're trying to censor him. I'm like, no, that's part of his role. You know, the idea that he's like somehow bucking the system or he's he's uh, fighting for truth or exposing something, is, is a, it's laughable. And one other point, he released a song in 2013, and this is probably not coincidental, 2013 was the year of the blackout bowl. 2013 was the year American Blackout came out, where Barack Obama was featured, telling everybody to listen to their authorities and follow the recommendations after the blackout. Well, the song Black Skinhead, spelled B-L-K-K-K-S-K-K-K, so Black Skinhead, Kanye West, 2013. It says here, it was produced by West. The song's lyrics center on racial tensions and the crumbling mental state of the character West portrays. Wait a minute, is he still portraying a character? And the timing of the scandal of Ye's work, um, and, or his, his fall from grace publicly in 2022, uh, Ye West, Kanye, whatever you want to call him, the West part of it is what stood out. You know, West World Burning, West Eros Burning. We had a number of concurrent programming events. You had the shooting at Rust with the house, the chapel, and then Ye comes out in this burning house. And someone had asked him, you know, what does this burning house mean? And it ties into now, I think. Because they, they asked him, you know, what did this burning house for Donde mean? Where he comes out like a phoenix, he comes out burning. And this was the anniversary date of the Burning Man festivals, which were canceled in 2020. And he said that it was about how some people aren't going to be able to handle the smoke when they go back in the burning house. You know, he, he, it's, in other words, what Martin Luther King Jr. said about he was afraid that they were being integrated into a burning house. Well, the burning house is the West. That's the symbol. Uh, West, Ye's house is his childhood home burning. The West burning, West world burning. The chapel is the main symbol here, the white chapel in West world, or the chapel where the shooting happened on the rust set. Now here we have woman arrested after trying to burn down Martin Luther King Jr.'s home in Atlanta. Woman tries to set fire to Martin Luther King Jr.'s birth home. So again, MLK Jr. and the burning house is a reoccurring theme, and it ties in, again, to this broader narrative about how the West is a burning house. Now, again, the West is also represented by the Titanic, or even the Twin Towers, but the Titanic in particular, the sinking of the Titanic, hit by the iceberg. So then we watch this movie about this cyber attack, this cyber pandemic, and the world shutting down, leave the world behind. But you can't separate it from this exact story. It begins with the White Lion ship, which is the name of the first ship that brought slaves from Africa, or enslaved Africans. And it was 
also referenced in the film 1619. So the 1619 project is about America's dark past, a reckoning to come. The 1776 is now being pitted against the 1619. Two versions of America. One more, it's not specifically from critical race theory, but the idea of critical race theory includes uh, systemic issues that are there because of America's past that need to be addressed. That's their narrative. That's why they put it in the movie. But the idea is that, yeah, the West is a burning house because of its past, and there has to be some kind of a reckoning, some kind of a... That's what woke is about, actually. You know, like, like the red pill thing is about how, oh, it's the globalists really control the world, or it's the Jews. The red pill has their own explanation for everything. Well, the woke pill says, oh, it's, it's racism that controls the world, and it's, it's the whiteness. So critical race theory, critical Jew theory, left versus right, these are analogous narrative structures. But the idea of the woke, though, is the woke finds out that the West is a burning house, can't integrate into it, I can't breathe, we can't breathe, Gaia can't breathe. Yeah, the album that, that Ye was likely copying, um, I think it was by, by Burzum. And I noticed that the logo on the album, the, the Vultures, has a double-headed eagle on it. See, if you look here, vultures, which, you know, this is a pretty common symbol, this two-headed bird thing, um, very significant to the Freemasonic group. It's the symbol of their 32nd degree, 33rd degree. You always see the two-headed eagle. Jermatria 101 says, the penguin art is kicking ass. Thank you, yes. If you're on the newsletter, I'm sending out every day sending out artwork that pertains to what we're talking about most days. Uh, Ye West shocks fans with KKK Hood at Vulture's album. You know, I would dispute this. Was anybody shocked? Like, it, it's supposedly shocking, but I don't see it. Like, I'm not shocked. Ye in a clan hood. Last time it was a black, tight-fitting hood. I don't think he could do anything that would shock me at this point. I mean, he talked about, well, these are allegations, but in his workplace, about designing shoes that were so attractive you, you would want to literally do them. Okay, here's the cover, Vultures. It's, it's the, the lettering looks very, very much like, like black metal lettering. I don't know where they would have made the connection with Burzum, other than the aesthetics, this is a very common look with um, black metal albums. And I think he has sampled from the band before. That might actually be the connection. Like for the song Black Skinhead, he sampled Marilyn Manson. Okay, now if you, yeah, I can see it here. If you look at the Burzum album cover, which is really just the same lettering and then black and white. Yeah, there's some similarity there. Same aesthetic. Kind of interesting, you know, black skinhead, black metal, and you know, black metal isn't um, a racial connotation thing. It's it's really just more like uh, another version of heavy metal, but specifically deals with uh, pagan themes. It's not death metal, but it's sort of similar. But it deals with uh, pagan Norse deities. It has a really an anti-Christian angle. It sees Christians as having 
subjugated or replaced their more pagan belief systems. Sort of a reaction. All right, fascinating. Yeah, Burzum ripoff. Now let me let me bring this up really quick as well. I wanted someone had said to me that you know Ye may actually have sampled from Burzum records. Yeah, here we go. It looks like a song called Yeah, I think we have something here. Gucci Mane featuring Kanye West. They've done a song where they have actually sampled Burzum. I'll see if I can find it. Might be a clue. Uh, his relevance to this whole thing, uh, Ye West, anybody's guess. Uh, interestingly, though, we had already had a skit. It was a South Pole cartoon where Candace Owens takes Ye to meet Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, to strike a deal to get a lot of those pillows turned into clan hoods with swastikas on them. I mean, that was months ago. Not taking credit for his idea. Now, the black skinhead has a few other interesting connotations to it. Just the fact that it's done with Marilyn Manson is interesting because, of course, um, Marilyn Manson, his name and everything, there's this Manson has to do with this helter-skelter. You know, Charles Manson said that there would be this race war at the end. Helter-skelter, they'd be in bunkers, they would come out afterward. But the point of it is, the helter-skelter, black versus white, was the purpose of the Manson killings. You know, the Manson killings was a psyop like the type of thing CNN would do, or Jossie Smollett, where they were trying to frame Black Panthers. They were trying to start a race war with the Charles Manson hits against these rich Hollywood actresses, that family. By the way, I mean, Sharon Tate married to Roman Polanski, a filmmaker who did Rosemary's Baby. He probably directed the Manson killings, which were in my opinion, fake. But the point of it is, you know, die pigs. I think Marilyn Manson, I'm sorry, Charles Manson had said in the song Revelation 9 from the Beatles' White Album that he heard messages and that the the Beatles represented the four horsemen of the apocalypse. But in that song, you hear gunfire and pigs squealing and this chant of rise, rise, rise. So he said it's about blacks rising up against the white establishment. Now, it's intriguing, though, because, you know, Ye's father was a Black Panther, or is is or was, and the Black Panthers were pretty much rebooted as BLM. This is all such fascinating stuff, you know, if you look at 2020, the riots, the movie Black Panther, then you had the BLM on the march, you had Chadwick Boseman dying, you know, he played the Black Panther, he was Mr. 42, which ties into, of course, Jackie Robinson crossing the color line. I mean, there's all kinds of fascinating connections in our entertainment and in the politi- in, in the news events. None of them are authentic. It's all synthetic. But anyway, to get back to this Charles Manson thing, the helter-skelter storyline that he put forth is likely what we're seeing right now. So you have... Ye coming out as the black skinhead, hanging out with Marilyn Manson, which ties in the helter-skelter storyline, and then Ye does White Lives Matter. Now, White Lives Matter with Candace Owen, who happened to be 33 at the time, married to the CEO of Parlor, where a lot of January 6th was organized. 
where a lot of white nationalist memes are pooled, or were before it was yanked. But the connection here is Ye's connection to the black versus white agitation stuff, the race war stuff. I mean, if you think about it, he's a, he's a provocateur. What he did last year with the calling out of Jewish control, getting himself banned, white lives matter, black skinhead, and now black clanhood, hanging out with Nick Fuentes, who's the face of America first, white nationalism, wants a white pure government. You know, if you really look at it, it's pretty clear that Ye has been playing the character from black skinhead this entire time. Like this is this has all got to be just a long, protracted act. And then he shuts up after he gets censored. But what shuts him up? You know, what, what exactly, how do they actually get him to shut his mouth? Well, they bring out Bianca Sensori. He's got a new girlfriend or wife or whatever it is exactly. I think they got married. But she's an, she's an architect. But look at the name. I Censor. Is that a coincidence? Probably not. I censor. I censor. Anyway, I think she was put there to um, give him an excuse to back out of the spotlight after setting all these fires. And he was given credit by the ADL. He's he's he's. They're pointing at him as having reinvigorated a lot of this stuff. You know, he and Musk. One of the more interesting twists in that story was when he posted a picture of the Star of David with a swastika over it, which people took to mean, like, oh, that's super offensive. Well, actually, no. That is the symbol of the Raelian, you know, the, the, the Raelism, the Raelian cult. And, in fact, that's kind of a cult that I think he might actually have been into. I don't know. I think Musk is actually an honorary member. But here's their symbol, the Raelian symbol. It's a UFO religion. It's a swastika turned into a six-pointed star. And this was founded back in the 70s. They teach that the Elohim created mankind using advanced technology. It says here that they have historically been mistaken for gods, but the Elohim are some kind of other beings who created us. They're aliens. And among those hybrids they have created, the Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Railists believe that since the atomic bombing of Hiroshima in 1945, humanity has entered an age of apocalypse, which threatens itself with annihilation. They hold that mankind must find a way to harness their new developments for peaceful purposes, and when they do that, the Elohim will return to Earth and share their technology and establish a utopia. Not too bad. They also have hopes for physical immortality through human cloning, and they promote a liberal ethical system with a strong emphasis on sexual experimentation. I actually contacted them. I used to investigate cults. I mean, I still do, but I used to take a little more of a hands-on approach. And I talked to some Raelians, and one of them sent me a book called Geniocracy. And he said that we need to have a government of, essentially, geniuses. Here's the, 
and, and they told me a lot of strange things. You wouldn't believe some of the stuff they said about their experimentation. Like their views on on sex and alien hybrids and cloning. It it's 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 up there with Alistair Crowley in terms of its we'll just say um how varied their experimentations are, what they actually talk about getting into, how they view it. They it's kinda like sex magic but with an alien twist. So geneocracy is the framework of a system of government proposed by Rail in 1977. You can probably find a PDF of it. It's a hypothetical form of government where candidates meet a certain minimum criterion. So it's the opposite of idiocracy. The theory and practice of intelligent governance. Imagine a world without violence, hunger, and suffering in which humans find purpose not in work but in fulfillment intelligence as criteria for governance again do we want this do we want the opposite of idiocracy unbelievable like this is this is not a bad idea i mean when i when you think about it it's not a bad idea except the fact that uh, governments don't fail to optimize life for everybody we're not failing as a result of um, a lack of intelligence. It's more about the deliberate conspiracy to create a multi-tiered society based on levels of ignorance that are imposed deliberately for the purposes of creating this power disparity. Knowledge is power, and ignorance is bliss, and the knowledgeable are ruling over the blissfully blue-pilled ignorant. So yesterday I was talking to some family, and, and one of them had mentioned that they don't want Trump, but they don't think that Biden can last. They just don't think he can do it. So I'm like, well, what do you propose? You know, who are they going to bring about? And one of the individuals I was speaking with suggested that maybe they can finally figure out how to do AI governance. I heard that from someone. I mean, normies tell me a lot, because it tells me what is being conveyed what is being absorbed what is just through osmosis what are people taking in what is the zeitgeist if you want to know what the zeitgeist is is telling us right now talk to a normie they it's like an oracle what does the world look like through that screen and the normies are saying maybe we need ai we don't want trump and joe's not going to make it so i brought up the song save your machine by david bowie 1969 President Joe once had a dream. The world held his hand, gave their pledge, so he told them his scheme for a savior machine. Its answer was law, its logic stopped war, gave them food. Now again, we're talking about savior machine coming out in the same kind of area or time frame as space oddity. And I don't think you can separate Space Oddity from Space Odyssey, from David Bowman's journey into the monolith, from our journey into the space age, which I talked about earlier. The space age is internal space, mental space, mind space, cyberspace, where they merge the two. So you were mentally going into this simulation. And Hell 9000 in that film represents the AI god, the savior machine. Or Otto. In Wall-E, it's called Auto, but it's the same concept. 
or the digital monolith. If you remember a couple years ago, the you know is, is it 2020, the elite gathered at NATO's digital monolith, which is exactly as it sounds. It, it's kind of replaced. I think I think it's replaced the Georgia Guidestones, but it, it's the same thing, only it's updated. Like take care of the planet. Don't pollute. Here's an it's combat climate change. If you haven't seen it, leaders experience the savior machine. The leaders bond with Hell 9000. Otto takes control. No, here it is. Leaders experience the digital. What are you going to call this? A visual? A, no, it's a virtual journey to NATO 2030. Now this was at the. NATO summit, and again, it's all of our world leaders socially distanced, very cult-like, and they're staring at this big glowing obelisk that starts talking to them in images about how we need to save the planet. deterrence and defense sorry I'm getting hypnotized by the music here and if you're just listening it's a group of cultists six feet apart about to drink the Kool-Aid they're, they're about to go line up on the floor and take a nap with their Nikes like this is like hail bop stuff this is heaven's gate level cultism partner training anyway this is terrible it's it's like an oracle they're worshiping it and when this came out I remember pointing this out I said look this is going to replace the Georgia Guidestones the Georgia Guidestones is there in America but this at NATO is for the whole world and it has all the flags it's a big one world order symbol here as all the flags are depicted covering the thing but ultimately, this is just an obelisk. It's the same idol they worship when they launch rockets into fake space. So the occult meaning of the NATO digital monolith? It's the one world monocult. The worldview handed to us via controlled fake news, fake science, against a backdrop of fake and falsified histories. We're in their matrix, the cult of the obelisk, and their monopoly over the means of perception. The screen has replaced the holy books. It's the new highest authority. And this is what we're getting ready for. This is what I mean when I say AI, God, that they're introducing. It's like the public is ready for it. They, they don't have the Bible as an authority that everybody agrees on anymore. There's too many different religions competing for the one truth. And what they've done is they have brought us a universal truth. All these different versions of heaven or even atheism they can all argue all day long but they all believe in outer space climate change is god's wrath the virus is your new sin carbon footprints your original sin and of course the obelisk is this ancient emblem of the earth god resurrected for the new age same people in control nothing has changed we says it sounds like david bowie was channeling that stuff um i don't know necessarily i would say no that 
um, I mean, they're obviously artists that are articulating a certain zeitgeist, but there are specific artists whose work is overly represented in very specific ways that I think that they're more or less, you could say, controlled opposition. That's probably the best. I mean, we talk about it all the time within truther communities where controlled opposition agents are people who are actually part of the zeitgeist, news-bending, worldview-shaping mechanism, playing their parts, putting out certain ideas. And the idea that it's being channeled or that it's coincidental is kind of outmoded. It's what people used to come to arrive at when they didn't know how fakeable things were. How there aren't any coincidences in media or eerie coincidences that it's not organic. It's all synthetic. And that's the big paradigm shift. It's a leap, actually. It's a huge leap to break away from the assumption that media is a window to the world and that you're being informed, not conformed, and that there are any honest actors out there. And it's not that they're lying, but it's that they're following a news-bent script. And Bowie's of particular interest, if you look at how often his work has been paralleling what goes on in the space program itself, it became very clear with the Starman Tesla Roadster in space ritual, which is the only way to really describe it. Dramatria 101 says the hexagon inside the Star of David. Turn the hexagon. It's a cube. Unfold it. It's a cross. It's all the same from different dimensions. Oh yeah, I mean, look at Musk. His obsession with 42. And 42, again, we're talking about from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it actually goes much deeper than that. That forms the symbol of Saturn when you combine the two. And then he gets X, which is the 24th letter. You know, again, 2-4, same thing applies. The X is a cross, and the cross can be folded into a cube. And you'll see all these things synonymously used. Of course, CubeSats, Cube satellites from Elon Musk are, in my view, it's a ritual prop. The cube is a symbol of this realm, this earth god, the Saturnian matrix, but cube satellites, the name for Saturn, L, and the Elohim are lights from the sky. And so I'm looking at it as when I see the cube sats, yeah, I just think we're looking at Saturn worship, Elohim worship, Mr. Satan, Starman. Starman's an anagram for Mr. Satan, the man who fell to earth, which is another one of Bowie's roles. You know what's interesting too about David Bowie and the man who fell to earth is they produce a new version of the man who fell to earth with a new actor but there's some overlaps there I think we should probably look at here in fact let me bring that up there's so many fascinating connections between these like another one too is the man who fell to earth is this alien who lands in New Mexico and he wants to go back to Mars or his planet, but he went to New Mexico, and in order to get back to Earth, he has to develop the technology that's needed. So what does he do? His miss mission is to take water back to his home planet. So he forms World Enterprises Corporation and becomes tremendously wealthy, and then he's able to get back. Now the, the connection here, though, is this alien lands in New Mexico, forms the world's biggest corporation so he can go back to his home planet, World Enterprises Corporation. This 
is a mirror of the story of Jeff Bezos, who appeared in New Mexico and started his big corporation so that he could go back into space. There's an, just a parallel here with the man who fell to Earth and this starting a corporation thing to go back, but then also the other parallel between the two, and this has to do with the, the eyes. If you look at the way David Bowie's represented, there's a lightning bolt over one eye. Again, Satan falls to Earth like lightning, the man who fell to Earth. But they often point out, and this is by design, this is part of his image. Go to any of his album covers and you will see the emphasis on one of his pupils being dilated. They always note this disparity. And as I've said before with Jeff Bezos, he has the most money in the world, richest man in the world. He is the, I'm not going to say incarnation of, but he's the world stage representative of Nimrod, the builder of the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is the space program to a large degree. The thing that unites the whole world, one language, taking us from Earth into the heavens. So, And he's even building, Jeff Bezos is building a Tower of Babel in Virginia, the Helix building. But if you look at any of his old images, it's very much similar to what you see with David Bowie, where there's an emphasis on one eye. It's been a reoccurring theme, and some people have commented on it. And I'm suggesting here that this is significant for a few reasons. One, the Tower of, the, of, of Babel is represented on the back of your dollar bill, your money, with the mono eye. And the man with the most money in the world is therefore being represented with this mono eye, a distinctive eye, the one eye symbolism. The reason I say that the pyramid on the dollar bill is the Tower of Babel, there's a few reasons for it. Uh, one, it says 1776 on the bottom, when America was founded, right? But in the Masonic Year of Light, Anu Lucius, that's 5776 because you add 4,000 years. Well, the Tower of Babel symbol, the Tower of Babel story, rather, was in, in their lore. The construction began in 1776 on Eleusius. So there's a connection between the starting point for the building of the Tower of Babel, the beginning of America, the Dollar Bills Pyramid, and the Pyramid in Giza, which is 5,700 and 76 inches tall. So if you add, if you put this together, you can see that America is being conflated with the Tower of Babel, its construction, and the Great Pyramid. Here you have it. 5776. The Great Pyramid is 5,776 inches high. So again, add 4,000 to the year to get the Masonic year on their calendar. And you can see that the year of light, 5776, would definitely connect the pyramid to the Tower of Babel to America, and then the richest man in the world with the most money, of course. All right, let's see here. We says, saying everything is synthetic and not is not a balanced perspective. Actually, Believing the news media is objective and conveying reality is not only not balanced, it's mind control. 
It's destructive to sanity. It's the opposite of spirituality. It's, it's a soul-deadening world view. So I don't take the side with the mainstream media. I don't give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're not lying to us. Everything is actually contrived. And, and look, his entire, and I'm not just talking about Bowie, but pop stars in general are conveying propaganda to reinforce the dominant worldview. The whole thing about Ziggy Stardust from space, the man who felt, it's all based on the heliocentric paradigm and the space age as cosmism, the new age being conflated with the space age. So the balanced perspective, in my view, is objectivism combined with a skeptical understanding of what media is. I believe I have a balanced perspective because I'm not brainwashed and I don't treat the screen as a Bible, as a fundamentalist thing. Like, I'm a MSM fundamentalist. If it's on the screen, it's true. Like, no, I automatically reject that premise. And the only balanced perspective I believe that you can have is one that takes into account the filter that mediation actually represents. And you can't really even get there without recognizing the monolithic nature of it that connects past media to present through predictive programming because it's all part of a contiguous narrative. And it's been this way from the beginning. So no, I, I actually disagree. Saying that everything is contrived and synthetic is accurate. And moreover, not only is it accurate, but even if somebody is being completely honest and they got a pure heart, once they get on that stage and they start reading those teleprompters, they're speaking from atop an edifice of lies. The lie world order makes liars out of everybody. And people defend their lies. Another word for lie is belief. You may say, no, beliefs are sacred. If I believe it, it's sacred. And you can't say that. No, I can say it because I'm speaking from objective reality as a skeptic. And in the information age, there's no need to be a believer. There's no need to, to walk around in darkness and ignorance, which is where they want you. And I know this for a fact. I joined enough of these cults to understand what their oaths are actually about, what the hoodwink actually means. The hoodwink represents the endarkenment of the non-members. That's the dynamic. They will always keep you in the dark. They will always keep you in a world of lies, what they call the wilderness of darkness. So you're walking around with a leash and a hood over your head because they consider you to be lost. You're wandering. You need to be towed around. They call it a cable tow, like a leash. They call it a cable tow. And what I'm saying here is that as long as you're attached to the mainstream media paradigm, you are no different in, in a way. And this is where the, where the masses of people are. The best way, I think, to visually explain it is to look at the devil of, you know, on the tarot card sets. So find the devil from any one of these sets, and it's usually the same theme. It's man and woman chained to a black monolith. Atop the black monolith is the devil with a torch pointed down. And that symbolizes endarkenment. The, the torch pointing up represents enlightenment. Spirit triumphant, uh, the triumph of spirit and the mind over matter. Turning it down represents putting us in a darkness. And the man and woman chained to the block represents only perceiving reality through the material, through the senses not seeing the bigger patterns, not having intuition, and being essentially spiritually blinded.
and right now the masses are visually illiterate. That's a fact. They can't tell what's real or fake, or if they see something that's fake, where it should be real, they go into cognitive dissonance, and they cannot understand it. Mousegate. How come people can't see the mouse when they see the mouse? They see it, but they don't perceive it, because it's not supposed to be there. That's mind control. If you weren't mind controlled, your response would be, yeah, that's some kind of a prank. And if you said, no, that's not a prank, it's just a coincidence, okay, fine, it's a coincidence, but then what about the fact that there were genetically modified mice being sent up into space at the same time? When you start piling on multiple layers of coincidence, you see people engage in what I call the cognitive dissidence. They have to dance around actually having any sort of cognition. They're not supposed to understand this, so they don't. And they prevent themselves. They mask their minds. But my mind is not masked, and I refuse to put it on. And I'm not going to put my face up against their screen. I know what it is. Even when there's a high body count, even when there's a big spectacle, I'm keeping myself socially distanced from their screen. Mango says, be willing to disbelieve everything you've been told. Yeah, exactly. And there's something else too. I am deliberately, and this is, look, this is what I'm doing on purpose. I am deliberately, deliberately fostering and fomenting a culture of disbelief. That's what auto-hoaxology ultimately is leading us to. It's a culture of disbelief. And there's this thing out there called the Mental Immunity Project that I've been speaking about lately because that was my concept, that this is mental immunity. They don't want the public to have mental immunity. They need them to be susceptible to mind viruses. They don't want them to be critical thinkers. They want them to be emotional. This is why I'm really against people saying revelation of the method. Oh, these are just coincidences and they have to tell us in advance for karmic reasons. No, that's mystification. That is blurring the distinction between real and fake and that's not applying critical thinking and reason and logic. In fact, it's bypassing that. And we live in a world full of people who have bypassed their critical thinking and logic, and they believe the image of the beast. doesn't matter what's on the screen, they just believe it. So we are non-believers, or at least the auto-hoaxology framework, what I consider to be a philosophical framework, it represents non-belief by design because again we can move past that we can get away from superstition see belief is darkness belief is I don't know it's my best guess knowledge is light so I'm suggesting here let's aggregate all the knowers separate from the believers and create as bright a light as we can and really just not allow any of the bitter clingers to the fake worldview to contaminate it and I'm not saying I want to be exclusive, but I'm saying that if we hold to the facts of reality and we insist upon truth, the lies, the liars, and the lie carriers will stand out. And this is the objective for the Autohooksology 101 textbook. We're going to create the schism. And by the way, a couple of updates for the channel. One. I filed a lawsuit and it was submitted successfully yesterday. The IPS is suing Google LLC doing business as YouTube and MG. I hit them up for a $5 million suit 
with five different causes of action. We're talking about infringement, defamation, stalking, hacking, which is a huge one, and you know, criminal. But the lawsuit was filed. That's going to move forward. We are, in fact, suing YouTube on their turf. I filed it in San Mateo County. I sued them last year, and it was dismissed because here. But no, it's definitely going to happen. But against the backdrop of that, you know, I, I want to move forward with the IPS Insider and get that into distribution. So a lot of you who have um, press passes should be pleased to know that there's an updated press pass that I'm going to be ordering here tomorrow. And I'll be sending those out along with copies of the book to those who haven't ordered it, and then it's going to go for sale. Jamatra101 says, trade the raft for an icebreaker ship. Tia Roberts says, learn the gates. Oh yes, learn the gates. You can tell if someone's a reptilian by the way that they walk. I've heard about that. Mango says, fear is false evidence appearing real. Like skyphobia. False evidence. No, it's just ice. you got these beautiful streaks of ice in the sky. But they call it poison. And they're scared of it. You know, um, false fear is a thing. I find it annoying when people claim they're afraid of something, but they don't act like they are. Like COVIDiots driving around with their masks. Like, I'm sorry, but if you are that afraid, you shouldn't even leave your house. Or you don't really believe it's scary, or you're very brave. Like, what is it? Are they brave? Are people who believe in it, but go against their own advice, are they brave? Or are they just virtue signaling? And I'd have the same question for chemtrail pushers who shame people who don't believe in chemtrails. Why don't they wear masks? Why aren't they carrying umbrellas? Why don't they wear raincoats? Why don't they wear PPE? Are they afraid? Or are they just virtue signaling? And if they're not afraid, then why are they warning everybody else about it? Like if it's not such a dire threat, like if you're not so scared of what's coming out of the planes that you're wearing a mask, then why even talk about it? Like there are other things that I think, like smoking for example. Like really what's worse for people, smoking cigarettes or inhaling chemtrails? And if you're really about saving lives, if you're about being the like the, the, the town crier, you want to warn people about stuff, then you ought to warn them about stuff that poses a more existential and immediate threat. Tia says, wow, Tim. Yeah, look, I don't so much care for the transvestigation topic. I think it's one of these, it's unfalsifiable. Now, if you can come up with something that would prove it false, then we can talk. But I don't deal with unfalsifiables. And I don't carry water for the mainstream media. I don't carry water for the mainstream alternative media. Alt media is mainstream media. Alex Jones is mainstream media. Andrew Tate is mainstream media. Uh, chemtrails are actually a hoax. And here's the thing. It's, it's, two, it's three things. Three different fake or three different logical fallacies. One, there's the, well, there's a loaded question. What are they spraying? Then there's the argument from ignorance. And then there's the shifting of the burden of proof. Every person that claims chemtrails 
is arguing, they're making an argument from their own ignorance and betting on yours. And they're shifting the burden of proof so something that you, in all likelihood, don't know anything about is now more difficult for you to prove false. So therefore, the premise is accepted that something is being sprayed, but we don't know what. So then you have a bunch of ignorant people walking around. What is that? What is that? What are they spraying? None of them have the answer. But instead of seeking an answer, they're running around trying to get more people to ask the question. We're just asking questions. We're just asking questions. What do you mean? You're building a consensus of ignorance? How about instead of asking questions, you find answers? That's what we do. I'm not sitting around asking questions as though the question itself settles the matter. I'm here finding answers. So people ask me, what are they spraying? What are they spraying? I ignore them for years. When I finally look into it, it takes me five minutes to figure out that it's not even physically possible for them to be spraying something. It's not a spray. Look up the definition of spray. There's no material in the thing that's coming out of it. But what's, what's happening is, and if you look at it up close, this proves it as well. There's no spray because the trails are forming in the wake of the, the jet. They're forming behind it. And it's not just a few feet behind it. It's very far behind it. And the fact that it's moving at a high rate of speed means that whatever's coming out of it is not being sprayed like from a nozzle. It's an environmental effect. It's being caused, of course, by hot exhaust, vapor, hot water vapor, hot exhaust in rarefied air. My point being, chemtrail believers can't argue against the counterpoint because they don't want to understand it. It's a position of ignorance. So if you believe in chemtrails and you can't explain the science of contrails and explain why it's wrong, then you're settled on your ignorance and it's not a good look. It's not truth. It's not truth. Some things are just not true and it's not a truthful endeavor to uh, maintain certain lines of argumentation that are predicated on the idea that you can't know or it's not known. No, it's knowable. It's discoverable. I mean, chemtrail researchers, or rather chemtrail theorists, are not researchers. They're building a consensus, the ignorati, just ignorant people. Because if they were really looking for answers, they would have found a number of things that I recently found on my own without their help. For example, I found charts that the Air Force uses. The Air Force has been using charts since the 50s that tell them the altitudes, conditions, temperatures that would be conducive to contrails so they can prevent leaving them so that their very expensive military craft are not spotted by the enemies. In other words, it's not a spray. It's, it's just simply not a spray. But if you want to continue warning people about chemtrails and you're not wearing a mask, I'm going to call you a chemtrail Greta and a hypocrite. Bayonet says, okay, Tim, tell that to my skies this morning with at least 60 planes in a 10-minute walk. Now, if you really believe that those planes are dumping poison on you, on innocent babies, on the elderly, on pets, all these innocent people are being poisoned and you're not wearing a mask. You're not warning them. You don't have a sign on a street corner saying, don't breathe, go home, lock down, you're being poisoned. You're not protesting the airports. You haven't lifted a finger to save anybody from a threat that you're convinced exists. I'm going to call you a hypocrite or you're apathetic or you're 
You're a misanthrope. You hate mankind. You're self-hating. Because if I thought somebody was poisoning me, I would do something about it. Like, what's it going to take to activate you? If your neighbor was dumping their cat's litter box in your backyard or on your driveway, I think you'd be mad. But it's more immediate. But then you have these airplanes dumping poison on you, and it's even worse than litter. But you're like, yeah, we're just going to deal with it. Maybe they're going to light up the skies. Maybe it's giving me Alzheimer's. Maybe it's sterilizing me. So I'll tell you this. You have a misconception. You have a misconception, and it's the fault of a deliberate misinformation campaign targeting free thinkers. One thing I'll say about chemtrail believers, they're alternative thinkers. They don't believe the mainstream. So they fall into the alternative mainstream. I guarantee that Bayonet does not believe in climate change because it's silly, it's liberal, it's fake, it's phony, there's no evidence. Why would you believe in climate change? But then you're a hardcore believer in geoengineering, stratospheric, atmospheric injections, Bill Gates blotting the sun. I am right, Bayonet. Here's why I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I am right. There is repeatable, testable methodologies that can be used to demonstrate the existence of what we call condensation trails. There is no way to prove the existence of chemtrails, and there's been 20 plus years, and nobody has found any evidence. Think about this. No evidence. I mean, we criticize people for believing in the moon landing with no evidence, just a bunch of crappy pictures, and bad science fiction, bad movie magic. But then the same people who are critical of that still cling to something else that is equally flimsy. And there's a reason for the chemtrail hoax as well. The reason for the chemtrail hoax is so that the people who don't believe in, chem in climate change retain their skyphobia. You have to be a skyphobic. I'm not a skyphobic. Liberals, leftists, they're all skyphobic. Sky's falling, climate change, meteors, asteroids, space junk, aliens. I am not a skyphobic. I don't believe in any of those things. I'm not scared of harp. I'm not scared of stratospheric injections. I'm not afraid of airplanes. Like, I'm just not afraid of the sky. If you're a skyphobic, I would contend, you're not seeking truth. You're clinging on to superstition, which makes you scared. And if you're scared of those condensation trails, and you're not wearing a mask, you're a hypocrite. So put on a mask. Angst G says, the idea of so-called chemtrails, if true, is too horrific and will make you paranoid and angry if you take it as a fact. It'll make you into a chemtrail Greta. Chemtrail believers get mad at me for saying it's fake. They say it's my ego. They say I'm scared and I don't want to believe it. Like they have these, they have to, they have to pathologize me. They say, oh, you're just closed-minded. Can you just be more open-minded? Like, what do you mean I'm closed-minded? What is open-minded about being a paranoid, superstitious, ignorant, fear pornographer? Because I'm none of those things. But fear pornography pays. There's a lot of money in chemtrail boofing. You just keep talking about chemtrails, post pictures, and you can make a living on Twitter. It's clickbait. And then you can it builds. So now chemtrails have been added to 5G. Now you have people who think, oh, they're going to turn on 5G and it's going to light up the skies. Inks G says chemtrails can replace nuke fears. Yeah, here's the thing. Pervasive fear 
stemming from ignorance. How many of those do you have? How many pervasive fears rooted in ignorance that you have? In other words, fears that could be cured with knowledge. Now, as I said earlier, ignorance is darkness. That's their Masonic language. You're hoodwinked. You're wandering in the darkness, in ignorance and fear and superstition. What happens when you go into the lodge? They pull off the hoodwink. They pull off the hood and they show you the light. The light of knowledge, so you can learn how the world really works versus the people out there. And what I'm saying is that the people who think for themselves, who see through the BS, yeah, they have knowledge, sentience, consciousness. But then they are targeted by the other side. And they're like, look, people are going to wake up. We need to have an alternative to the mainstream belief system that keeps them in fear and superstition and therefore controllable. Okay, well, they're too smart to see through chemtrails. Uh, give them stratospheric, atmospheric injection and contrails, and then we'll mock them and say we don't believe them, so they double down on it. And they've created an alternative climate change scenario. So now both the left and the right believe in anthropogenic global warming, which means what? Man needs to be regulated because he's destroying the world. So I understand why people believe this stuff, but I'm not a believer, and I don't believe these things. And I'm saying is that these are equivalent beliefs. Red pill is just woke for the right. Wokeism is red pilling for the left. What's the answer to this? No pills. Because the pill represents a dynamic where you're getting information fed to you by the dose. I don't take pills. Simon says tap water is bad for your health. My mother nearly died from blood contaminated by lead poisoning. The only water she drinks is distilled. All heavy metal poisoning is very real. Well, those may be two different things. Like, poisoning is real. You can get poisoned from drinking too much water. If you drink too much water, I think it's what, hyponatremia, your brain, you get brain damage from it. It's, you know, the poison is in the dosage with pretty much anything, including fear porn. You can overdose on fear porn. And what's the, what's the response? Okay, let's just follow everything through to its logical conclusion. You follow the left. Okay, well, climate change, pandemics, misinformation. Let's go ahead and lock down the internet and lock down our bodies and lock down the economy for our own safety. Okay, now let's go with the right side, the so-called conspiracy theorists, because I'm contending that both sides are conspiracy theory. But the designated conspiracy theory mentality on the right, follow that through to its conclusion. Lock down in your bunker with your guns, your Bible, and your food because geoengineering, because of bioengineered weapons, and because of the, I guess, the race war stuff. But apocalypse, Turner Diaries types um, of scenarios, the helter-skelter. So in other words, they both have their apocalyptic doomsday and their excuses to go into their respective bunkers. This is all by design. It's it, it's so control. It's so in, the infrastructure is intriguing because you look at it, and you're like, well, the left believes that sin is an old concept to get rid of. God, we don't need that. We don't need a priesthood telling us how to behave. And the right is like, and I'm talking about in extremes, the traditional right. No, we need to cling to traditional moral values. Nuclear family. Let's go ahead and keep the social contagion of, of sin out of our 
field of view. Let's quarantine ourselves. Let's get out of the cities. Get out of the cities with their, their violence and their subways. So the right has this thing of quarantining against the left, and the left wants to quarantine against the right. The left is quarantining because of misinformation and guns and the pandemic, because the right doesn't vaccinate itself. So they're basically super spreaders. But then the right is quarantining itself against leftist-enabled violence because they don't believe in law and order. And, of course, leftists and their progressive morality, their transhumanism, and all their radical social changes. So they've created this new version of sin centered on the violence, I'm sorry, the virus and the climate change. And the other side is grasping onto the old side. God's going to judge us. Second coming type stuff. Divine retribution versus Gaia's retribution. And then who's going to cause God's retribution? The sinful left. Who's going to cause Gaia's retribution? The polluting right, the capitalist right. And the fact that it's bifurcated, that it's perfectly split, means that it's contrived, it's synthetic, it's fake. Left and right. These are the this is the this is Satan's forked tongue. And this is the lie world order. And it's designed this way because they know that some people will wake up. And so they instead of letting instead of letting them wake up and step away from the screen, they let those who wake up out of the trance pick or rather choose a side that fits their political predilections, but they allow them to go deeper into it, deeper into the brainwashing. The most brainwashed people on earth aren't the blue pillars. It's the red pill and the woke. They've gone deeper. All right, this has been the IPS Morning D program for 12-13-2023. Uh, we're going to talk about this and more later this evening, and we're also going to be doing open phones. So if you want to get on the newsletter, I will send out the archives. And along with the archives, I'll send out uh, a list of things that we're going to be discussing. And we'll have, again, open phones at that time. In fact, I think someone was just trying to call. I want to make sure it's not a, a bot. You can also leave messages if you call, and I can address those during our live streams as well. So feel free to call in anytime and leave messages. I think I have a voicemail. Let's go ahead and see what we have. The right. Hey, it's Mango Penguin. You, you guys, uh, <laughs> I think I got put in a timeout. I just want to know why. Have a good one. Be safe later. Okay, Mango Penguin, I will be making it a point to go to your channel here, and I will hand you a wrench. Good to know. Um, everyone here, if you're chatting, I'll be handing out wrenches. Everyone here is a mod. And if you're new here or you don't know the history of it, when YouTube started, we couldn't have conversations without trolls coming in and ruining it just because they were flooding our zone. So we started this thing where everybody that is on the same page gets to be a moderator. And the moderators on YouTube get a blue wrench. And as time went on, more and more of us had blue wrenches until at one point there were like 500 wrenches. So people who weren't part of us would walk in and they would be intimidated. They would say, what is this? And the rule was ban everybody on site. And if they want to participate in chats, they had to email me to get pulled out of the dungeon. 
and be given moderator status. So everybody in our chat had been through this kind of a, a hazing. You get banned, you get brought in, but once you're brought in, you're in forever. And we built up a think tank that was exclusive to auto hoaxers, to anybody having a productive conversation with us and adding content. And then, of course, having the wrench meant you could post links. So then I was able to start posting memes on the screen. And that's when it really became the think tank, where everybody was able to contribute and participate meaningfully. It wasn't censored. It wasn't anything other than an open source and really an, an open platform, but open source research. We weren't making an attempt to bottleneck or control, or it, it wasn't even about a paywall, but it was about creating a barrier to bad actors. So that's the origin of the blue wrench, a symbol of order. You know, there's, a, there's an expression, I think it says, an armed society is a polite society. And things became a lot more polite once we were able to, you know, swat the trolls. And there still are many, many, many trolls. I mean, that situation hasn't changed, but we've got them under control. Uh, on the screen here, I have something. It's the sign, the hand sign, Shin. We had brought up the devil, and he's making that hand sign, which you may recognize as Live Long and Prosper from Star Trek. Now, what's interesting about this Star Trek connection to it, really quick here, is we're moving into the space age. And what I've been saying from the beginning of today's deep program, the space age is about controlling your inner space, the darkness of your mind, your imagination. They're hijacking control of your mind. So it's mind space wars. Cyberspace is actually about controlling your mind space. So outer space is what then? Outer space is just darkness. And the journey of man into the space age, merging with the monolith, going into the darkness, I think it's symbolic. Not of progress, not of enlightenment, but of endarkenment. That man is going into the dark. That they are blinding us. We're being hoodwinked digitally. These are digital hoodwinks. And so what's fascinating here is live long and prosper, the shin. This is Star Trek, where man is going beyond the, you know, beyond Earth, in the final frontier, into the dark. And it's, it's very ominous, actually. I think it's nefarious. It's literally demonic. I mean, it's, it's an evil agenda if you look at it from that perspective. And what's interesting, too, is what takes you into space but the rocket. Now, what is a rocket but an inverted torch? I mean, we know it's true meaning. It's an obelisk, symbol of resurrection. But as it's burning, launching up into space, it's like an inverted torch, which on the devil card, with a live long and prosper hand sign, is being held as a symbol of the endarkment of the two who are in bondage to matter symbolized by their chains attaching them to the black cube so again the Vulcan hand sign on the devil may have quite a lot to do with our Star Trek and Star Trek you know it's the pentagram our journey into the material all right, thanks for joining. This is Chief Crow, Auto Hoax, or GTFO. I'm going to turn it back on over to the 24-7, and we'll be live late at 9 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time.
salesman, former president. But yeah, he waved around the pizza as though someone was going to jump up and buy it, which I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he signed Bibles. 